0: Pastor Brian Raj, associate pastor at ABC Bangalore East, shares his story, his experience of salvation, his growth in the faith and journey into God's purposes. He shares practical life lessons that will encourage each of us to walk into our God-given destiny and live meaningful lives full of kingdom purpose. Can we look at the scripture We are preparing ourselves for the declaration. The book of Mark. Chapter 5. Book of Mark chapter 5. And the verse is 28. Book of Mark chapter 5 verse 28. Here we see the lady here. We are family with the scripture. The lady here, she's speaking her miracle before she's seeing her miracle happen. She's speaking her miracle before she's experiencing a miracle. See, all of us, we all want a miracle to happen in our life. We would like it if it happens every day. In fact, it is happening every day. It, it goes unnoticed. But, but we would all like miracles to happen in our life here. In the scripture here, we, we know this. We know the scripture very well. The lady wants healing. She has an issue with the uh, blood uh, um, and uh, she wants healing. So she's she's she knows Jesus is coming. So she goes there and then she speaks to herself. She said to herself the scripture in uh, in the book in King James Version. The exact word is she spoke to herself, She said, if I touch but his garments, I shall be made whole. See, here we see that she is making a declaration even before that is coming to pass. It is as good as some of you are making chicken curry and you're declaring, today's chicken curry is going to be tasty, right? And then you cook it. Or you're driving here and saying, today I'm going to get a good parking spot. You're declaring your miracle before the miracle is going to happen. And that is what the Bible teaches us to do. In the kingdom of God, if you want to see things happen, we have to speak it. And that is what, why we do declaration. This is a reminder that we need to only speak blessings over ourselves and over others. Sometimes, you know, we lose it. And we sometimes end up speaking some negative things about ourselves, about others. But it's a reminder that we should stop that. We shouldn't allow those words to come out of our mouths. And because words have creative power. And that is why we do declaration. So can you, can you remind yourself of this? Can you stand up? Hold your Bibles. And can you declare this as you really mean it from your heart? This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can become everything God has promised. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm redeemed. I'm blessed. I'm victorious. I'm prosperous, I'm triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessings to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Kindly remain standing, kindly look around. Uh, You may find someone who you don't know can you just walk up to that person, say hello to him, introduce yourself to him, and you have a couple of minutes for this. Thank you. That was quick. Thank you. You may uh, take this introductions beyond the level of introductions uh, after the service. You're welcome to do that. Thank you. This week, um, you know, we, all the associate pastors have received an instruction that we will look at the, the promise, the word of the Lord for the year 2015. We'll quickly revise it and then I will get into my uh, message for this week. Uh, but before that we are looking at the word of the Lord for this year. Now how many of you were here uh, the first week uh, the first week of this year, 2015? How many of you were here? Okay? How many of you remember the word of the Lord for this year? What is the word of the Lord for this year? Yes, yes, no. Enlarge and expand, that is for a couple of years back. This year, it is, we have come to 2015. Now we are in August. Now this is mid-year. We are looking at the word of the Lord for this year, which is a year of resurrected dreams. All of us, we have dreams. But the word of the Lord for this year is that, This is the year of resurrected dreams. You know, the word of the Lord is a very important aspect in the life of a church. The word of the Lord is an endowment for us for this year. You know, the word of the Lord is given. And if we believe in it, we speak it, we claim it. We can see those things come into pass in our life this year. Right? So, uh, the reason of uh, doing this revision, media revision, is just to look at it uh, in a way we can ask ourselves... You know, okay, this is the word of the Lord for the year. I believe this when it was spoken earlier this year in January. Has anything happened in my life yet? If not, will anything happen this month? Or can I make anything happen in the coming months? That is the reason why we are quickly going through it. Uh, The word that was declared over us is from the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 17 to 21. Here, Paul is writing about the promise that is made to Abraham. And, uh, and because you and I are in Christ, the blessings of Abraham is upon us, right? And that is what we're looking at. So we are heirs of all the blessings that, uh, Abrahamic blessings that is upon us. So we need to uh, claim that. We need to believe in it. And this is the year that we can see that come to pass. I'm going to read that scripture, Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 21. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. We're going to look at a few aspects of this scripture. We're going to quickly learn. We all have learned it earlier this year, so I'm not getting into it in detail. But we know that there was a promise given to Abraham. He waited for 25 years for this promise to come to pass. And for a church, for us, this is the 25th year because this is the year of resurrected dreams for you and me. And uh, um, so when God is, I'm sure all of us have dreams and desires here. And when we came to the Lord, the Lord spoke to us. Give us a dream. Give us a desire. Uh, maybe uh, something that you want to do. Maybe you want to start a business. Maybe you want to go somewhere. Maybe you want yourself, you see yourself in a certain job. Maybe you see yourself in a certain university or doing some studies. It may be a dream of doing something which kept on coming to you, but you have never done it, but this is the year for you to start that. Maybe a project that you want to do. Maybe you want to help somebody. Maybe you want to share the gospel with somebody you always wanted to the whole life. Right? But this is that year that is going to come to pass. Now, we see that our God is a God who gives life to the dead. Some of the dreams are very old They're dead and buried, but this is the year to revive them because he gives life to the dead. He's a God who gives life to the dead. Secondly, God calls things that do not exist as though they did. Now you may be having a desire to do a certain job. That is what best fits you. But you're like, there is no job like that. Or you want to do a certain business, but you're like, there is no scope for that business now. Or it may be something else where you see that it is it is it may not work out now, but God calls things that do not exist as though they did. This, the reference is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 31, because He has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are which are mighty. And our journey by faith into your future of resurrected dreams. It's a journey that we need to take up just like Abraham, right? So you have a dream. The dream is your destination The, the, you know, when that dream comes to pass, but there's a journey that you need to take. So start that journey. I just want to encourage you to start the journey and God will open up the grave of dead dreams and bring them to life. Just like he used Elijah to speak to the dry bones and flesh came. So speak to those dreams and desires you have, and you will see that they are coming to pass. And also become God's prince or princess, just like the life of Jacob. We see what Jacob did in the book of Hosea in, in um, chapter 12, verse 3, 4, 5, and 6. Here, Jacob meets with the Lord or an angel of the Lord, and uh, he gets into a wrestle. Jacob is like, Lord, unless you bless me, I'm not going to leave you. Right, And we can understand that Jacob is not wrestling In the sense like a physical wrestle. It's not a physical wrestle because you cannot wrestle with a mighty God. We understand this is a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle like you and I can engage in. So here Jacob gets into a spiritual battle. And uh, he uh, and uh, and verse 4 Hosea chapter 12 verse 4 says that. uh, He wept and sought favor from him. Now nobody weeps when they are wrestling. Right? He wept. His kind of wrestle was a different wrestle. Here he is doing a spiritual wrestling. He is weeping. He is pursuing God relentlessly. He is after God. God, unless you bless me, I am not going to leave you. Right? If you have a dream, and this dream is keeping you awake, just like our, uh, ex-president Abdul Kalam said, a dream is something that, that, you, that you see not when you are sleeping, but that keeps you awake. I was very inspired when I heard that. So, if this dream dream is keeping you awake, you have a dream, you have a desire, you want to do something, right? Keep on wrestling, wrestling in the sense, keep on pursuing relentlessly with God until you see that come to pass, until you receive a promise, until you see a breakthrough. Just want to encourage you. So, when Jacob did that, the book of Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17 says what happened after that. Here, when Jacob was pursuing God, intensely desiring, what happened is, The Lord declares Jacob to be a man of stature before God. A prince with God. See, God appreciates people who pursue him. And he calls that man a prince. He calls that woman a princess. Right? So if you want to be a prince or a princess, in God's eyes, you need to pursue him. Relentlessly, just like Jacob did, he never gave up. And uh, it was as good as a wrestle. So are you ready to do a wrestle? If yes, you will see your dreams coming to pass. This will be the year where your resurrected dreams will come to pass. I just want to bless you with that and believe that and keep looking for that. This morning, I would like to share with you this message or learn together with you about walking into your destiny. There was a survey done in the UK and this survey is repeated around the world. And this survey is repeated again and again just to see if the results would be different. Unfortunately, every time the results are the same. And this is a survey done when people are in their death beds, people who are very old, they are in their death beds. And the same question, what is the biggest regret in your life? Whenever this question was asked, 90% of the people answered, or 9 out of 10 people answered, my biggest regret in my life is that I live my life in somebody else's terms. Maybe a husband's terms. Maybe a wife's terms. Maybe the children's terms. Maybe depending upon what was the best job at the time, he just took it up, he just forgot his dream. He just took up that job and lived. Right? The biggest regret, 9 out of 10 people is saying that their biggest regret is they live their life based on somebody else's terms, right? And that is the reason why you and I as Christians, we need to be, we need to realize that our God is a God of definite plan. The Bible says he created you and me and we are a peculiar people. He has given you and me a desire, a dream to fulfill. He has a destiny for you and me. He wants you and me to go to places, Right? And he wants, um, he wants you and me to do works that he wants us to do. He wants us to go to places. He wants us to go. He wants us to impact lives. He wants us to impact. He wants us to touch people. He wants us to go shake cities and nations. These are all his plans that he has for you and me. And the Lord has a very specific plan for you and me. We see this in the book of Psalms, chapter 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The days fashioned for me. Here, the Lord is saying that he already fashioned you, including the days that you're going to live, even before you were born. That means he has a very clear plan for you. He knows very clearly what you should be doing. In fact, he knew your name even before your mom and dad were searching in Google for a good name, right? And uh, so he knows everything, and he has a very clear plan for us. The question is, do we know his plan? Definitely he has a plan for us. Unfortunately, we also have a plan for our lives. And more unfortunately, the devil also has a plan for our lives. Right? So God definitely has a plan for our lives, and that's what we're looking at. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we can walk in it or we should walk in it. Here the word used for, um, this is written in Greek, Ephesians is written in Greek. His workmanship or in other words is masterpiece. Some of the artists say this is my masterpiece. And uh, the word that is used in Greek for the word masterpiece is poeme. That is the same word from which we have this word called poem. We all know what poem is, right? A poem is a beautiful, spontaneous illustration of something. Right? Flow of thoughts. That means God has written a poem about you and me. And this is a beautiful poem, I can believe. That means he has declared some things beforehand about you and me. Because we are his workmanship. And his plans for us is always good. Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future, future, to give you a future and a hope and not of evil and again in Romans 8:28 and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and we know that all things work to, uh, and it is and to those who are called according to his purpose right So He has a plan for us and the Bible says that His plan for us are good plans. Unfortunately, I also had similar... My thinking was different. I was an unbeliever. I got saved only when I was uh, uh, 22. And uh, I grew up in a Christian family. uh, Traditional Christian family. I lost my parents when I was 5 years old. My mother died and uh, my father left us so my Grandmother was taking care of me and my brother. She was a godly woman. She was raising us. Now, just like we saw here that God has good plans for us, I also had a feeling that I have some good plans for ourselves, for myself. Now, this is a big challenge. All of us think that we have a good plan for ourselves, right? Because we think that our plans for ourselves, who, who else knows ourselves better? So we have a good plan for ourselves. Let us work out that plan. And we seldom remember that God also has a good plan for us. And now this started in the Garden of Eden. Because God told man, do not eat a particular fruit. But he went after it. Uh, Adam and Eve, um, I'm not getting into details, but they ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and bad. That means, you know, now they have the knowledge of what is good, what is bad. And we we are living in a corrupt world today. And this world also has the knowledge of what is good and bad. In fact, what was considered bad 15 years back is considered good today. What was considered good 15 years, 20 years back is considered bad today. Right? And things are changing. In fact, the Bible Bible has already declared this in the book of Isaiah. We see that uh, in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. God already knew that the days are coming where people will call good, bad and bad, good. And that is what we are going through today. And uh, so we took this knowledge of good and bad. We corrupted it. And now we know what is good for us. Right. So I also had similar thoughts when I was uh, growing up. uh, because I was in a Christian home, I, I got a chance to hear the message, the salvation message. I knew that in order to be born again, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ you need to be, uh, you know, I, I heard all these things multiple times, right? Because of that, uh, I, I, I so I, I thought that, okay, I don't want to do this. The reason is because most of the Christian people I knew at that time were very boring people or very, not, not very interesting people. You know, I thought that if you become a Christian, you have to dress up a certain way. You cannot wear nice stylish clothes. You'll have to go to some remote village in the country and preach the gospel there. Uh, you cannot, uh, you ca- you will be very poor. So these are the misconceptions that I had. If I have to become a Christian, this is what will happen to me. That is what I thought. Now this thing delayed me so much. It stole so much of my, uh, of my youth. And um, soon, you know, when I, was, I, I got into engineering, uh, that was when I was 18. My grandmother who was taking care of me, she passed away when I was 19. I became a, a very rebellious person after that. Very rebellious. And um, uh, soon I, I developed a victim mentality. I was not able to study very well. I I was failing in subjects. I thought I'll drop out of engineering. I dropped out of engineering, and I then uh, you know at the time the call centers were coming up in Bangalore. It wasn't very tough, and I got a job. And uh, here I was 21 years old, and working, earning decent money. I got introduced to drinking, smoking, uh, parties. And all of it. And uh, just living a life like that. And I thought, this is as good as it can get. I'm doing well for myself. And I thought, I can just live life like this in my own terms. Because I think that is a good thing. And I started living like that. And, but then the devil is a liar. you know. And he keeps, he keeps on, once you are in a path like that, he keeps on bringing more and more trouble. So that you get sucked into that. He has life as a way of doing that. And uh, I was in the middle of it. I was, uh, first of all, uh, not studying. Uh, I used up all the money my grandmother had kept for my engineering. I used it up, partied with it. Now I can't even go back to my uh, family, my uncles and aunties, and tell them I need money to continue engineering because money is already used up. right? So I kept myself away from them, and I'm just doing whatever I want. And one Saturday night... Uh, around 4 o'clock in the morning I I met with an accident I was, uh, I was, I was a drunk and I was riding my bike I was riding someone else's bike and I met with an accident and, um, and I was taken to the hospital this happened in Whitefield where the, where the church that I'm part of now but I was taken to Manipal hospital that is in Indranagar Indira, uh, in that airport road and um, uh, while I was there once you meet with an accident, uh, your, your mobility is limited. You are lying down on the bed. I was in the hospital for two weeks. Uh, and I, I had to go through a knee surgery and all of it. And I was just lying down on the bed. Then all of a sudden, your fast life becomes very slow. Right? Till then, your life was very fast-paced. So many things are happening. So many exciting things. But you're lying down on the bed. The clock moves very slowly. Tick, tick, right? And I'm lying down and I'm thinking about myself. And I'm thinking, you know, what a mess that I'm in. that I'm not heading anywhere. This is not taking me anywhere. And I realized it. And I'm, I'm lying down there. And the week prior to that, the Sunday prior to that, the place that I was working, I had a coworker. His name is Binny. All of you know him. He leads worship in our church. He told me that there is a church called All People's Church. Why don't you go there? And uh, because I, he knew I'm in a mess. And I he needed help, and I was talking about taking some help, and that is when he told me about the church. So I visited the church. At the time, we were at CWC uh, in Nandidurga Durga Road. At the time, we were uh, such a small number, and uh, a lot of Bible college students were there. And uh, so I visited the church, uh, and I filled up the FTV card. You know, the FTVs today, you know, like I was an FTV at the time, and that changed my life. So you're an FTV today, today can change your life. That is why I'm talking about it. So I filled up the FTV card, I guess, uh, and uh, uh, the, the following Saturday is when I met with an accident and um, I was in the orthopedics. I was taken care by the orthopedics department in Manipal Hospital. At the time, the doctors would visit me and there was one doctor. His name is Ashok. He was part of our church and I did not know that at the time, but, uh, but I'm sure that because of him, uh, our church came to know one day when, when I was having the surgery in the hospital, when I came back, when I got, when I became conscious again, I heard that I had a visitor. I'm very curious, who's my visitor? Because nobody knows. I met with an accident and all of it. So I heard his name is Ashish raichur So I was like, oh really? And Ashish raichur is not a very common name, right? You don't hear another Ashish Raichur, right? Even if you Google. So, uh, so I, I understood. Okay, really? He came to see me? I was very surprised. And... Um, I came out of the hospital. It took me a couple of weeks. I had crutches on, and uh, and I visited pastor in his office. That is in Arti uh, Naga at the time, and so I started, you know, talking to him. I started speaking to him. Then he encouraged me. Then onwards, I am coming to church. Never missed any Sundays after that, unless I really have to travel. You know, been in the church now 12 years. Now every Sunday service that I would come to, I would be learning, because I would feel like pastor is speaking right into my heart. I'm learning that. And I would learn that. I would make notes. I would become, I would decide, uh, you know, that I want to learn that. So the next week I can learn the next thing. And I started reading the Bible. Started uh, following a plan. And started becoming strong in the word of God and in his spirit. Now, there is a time when I realized that, you know, we cannot grow unless the spirit of the Lord starts leading and guiding you right? And uh, so I need to go through Holy Spirit baptism, right? And I need to take water baptism. All these thoughts would come. Now, because I come from a traditional Christian background, Holy Spirit baptism will give a lot of thought. Why should I go through it? Is it really that? Does it really mean anything? What if I don't speak in tongues? Is it important? If I don't speak in tongues, is it okay? Still am I baptized? Or why should I take uh, water baptism? Because the traditional church taught me that baptism is only once why should I take it again? So all these thoughts would be there in my head again and again. And this just delayed me. Then I started learning about it because the word of God teaches you everything about everything. Right? And he started teaching me and I understood I need to be Holy Spirit baptized. So I started pursuing uh, Holy Spirit baptism and I started speaking in tongues. And when I started speaking in tongues, I started pursuing the gifts of the spirit of God, gifts of the spirit. So I started pursuing it and praying for it. Now, uh, then I decided I'm going to take water baptism. And I took water baptism because that is the right thing to do because the scripture is very clear about it. And then I saw that I was growing in the word and in the spirit. And this started changing what I thought is good for me. So I had a plan for myself. I thought that what is good for me is if, I, uh, if I'm becoming very rich, make a lot of money, uh, become very powerful, become, um, you know, go l- enjoy life, attend parties, become famous. And these are the things that a normal guy of my age at the time would think is good. I'd go abroad and study, get an MBA. Now, these are the things. And, and all those are, some of those things are good. But when the word of God started working in my life and the spirit of the Lord started working in, in my life, my vision started changing. My priorities started changing. And that is when I started realizing that why it is important to have priorities set in life. And these are the everyday choices that I want to talk about that can change the destiny of our life. Now, priorities are very important because let's say you become a Christian uh, now uh, and still work is a priority, still something else is a priority, still a friend is your priority, then things go haywire. At the time I was in a wrong relationship, I had to come out of it, I had to set priorities right. Now, so at the time in one of my meetings with uh, with pastor, we sat down, I started writing down my priorities, right? And uh, my priority number one, you know, it was different, but then I wrote down what should be my right set of priorities. And I started writing down my right set of priorities, starting number one, my walk with God, my walk with Jesus, that should be the number one priority of a Christian. It cannot be career. It cannot be education. It cannot be anything else. Uh, it cannot even be family. It should be our walk with God. Then I realized, okay, walk with God means I need to serve God in church. Is that what it means? No. That is ministry. That is something else. Our number one priority in our life should be our walk with Jesus. How closely we are walking with Jesus. Taking him into everyday walks of life. That should be a number one priority. Now then, I was studying at the time. And I was also working. So I had to decide. You know, if exam comes and there is an important day at work, where will I go? I have to go write my exam. That is more important. So I had to set my priorities. Number two should be my education. Number three should be my work. Number four should be my ministry. Ministry is serving God. Spending time serving God. See? Uh, Most of us make this mistake of uh, God time versus, you know, working for God. We think that if we serve in the church, that is good enough. Today, I don't have to read Bible because I was ushering in church. Wrong concept, right? We are doing, that is ministry to the Lord. That is no way uh, bringing us closer to God. And uh, we need to realize, we need to differentiate our God time with time that we are giving to God. And... um, So it's very important to have those priorities set. So I started writing on priorities. I started writing on goals for each of those priorities. And that started helping me. So I have a new direction now. I have a new hope now. I know what I need to do. In my walk with the Lord, I have certain goals. In my career, I have certain goals. In my education, I have certain goals. And I started realizing that what I should be doing. And I started making everyday choices in order to move in that. And my priorities and my vision started changing. And this started helping me. Then I decided I'm gonna go back to my engineering. So I, I went and I took a loan, personal loan, uh, through a bank, through work. And, uh, and I, went, um, and I w- went back and I, I had to clear some subjects. I cleared it. And then I joined engineering back. I joined third year. And I completed third year, fourth year. uh, And I was working in the nights. I was studying in the daytime. I would go to college. And then I would go to work in the night. And when we start taking a direction. In the plans that the Lord has for us. We see supernatural provision. And I started seeing supernatural provision. I was able to close the loan in a year. I I saw that there is someone. God had prepared for me. At the workplace. This is a a, a manager's manager. manager two levels above me, he would go out of his way, he would show favor to me. He would give me holidays when I want to take take off because uh, it's exam time, right? Main exams, he would always give holidays. Sometimes some internal exams you really don't know, you have to study, then he would give me holidays. I started really seeing favor. And, uh, and I completed my engineering while I was working. And I continued working in the same place uh, for some more time and then... Uh, God gave me an opportunity because I was already a computer engineer. Then I moved to a technical company. I moved to Oracle. I worked there for six years, and then I moved to IBM. And uh, I worked for 12 years in in IT. And now I'm uh, I'm in a I'm in a different job. And in that area also, God fulfilled my desire uh, because He even goes to the extent of giving you the titles that you want because I had written down certain things, and He honored that because. Planning and having a goal and having, setting the right priorities and having a godly vision. We see that when we're working toward it, God is also taking a step in, in the same direction. And he is also working with us. Now I saw that, uh, you know, that is a time when you become a Christian. You're full of zeal. Now you want to go and share the gospel. You want to go tell your friends and your family. You want to tell everyone about what you're going through. You feel very excited about it. Now I also want to do that. But unfortunately, the friends that I was with, you know, they were the same old friends. Uh, now, if I start telling them the gospel, for some time they will listen. Then they will say, "Brian, what happened to you? You become very holy all of a sudden." Uh, you know, wh- why is it that you're talking like this? So it's very difficult. But you still want to share the gospel. How do you share the gospel? Now, this is around 10 years back. So uh, I, w- I would uh, take coins, you know, the coins that uh, one rupee coin. I would go to one of those. Uh, public phones, put the coin, you can talk for 60 seconds. So I learned how to share gospel in 60 seconds. Now, I would, at that time, prominently there were two companies, Airtel and Hutch. Any number starting with 9845 is Airtel, any number starting with 9886 is Hutch. So I would dial 9886, then ask the spirit lead, some number. And then I will call, hey, my name is, uh, I would say Raj, because my first name is difficult for, to remember or to pronounce. Uh, my full name is Brian Raj. My name is Raj. I'm calling to tell you about Jesus. So since telemarketing calls were not that famous 10 years back, people would listen. Right? People are listening to me intently. People would listen. Sometimes a different language. Still you communicate something and all. Right? And then, uh, so I would share the gospel. Because you really want to share the gospel with somebody. So you start sharing the gospel with strangers. And, um, and I started doing it. And I saw that even as I am doing such things, that I was growing in the Lord. You know, you can try this for yourself. You see that you are spiritually not going anywhere. Start sharing the gospel, start talking to people, start telling people about Jesus. They will ask you hundred questions and you may not have answers, but you'll see that in a week's time you've grown from where you were, right? This helps us grow. And uh, I started growing in the word. I started growing in the spirit. Then I realized that now I am not able to hang out with my same old friends. Because I'm finding the things that they do uh, a little, uh, no, I started finding them boring, right? Because they want to do, do some things which you don't approve of or you don't feel peace about it, right? So you don't want to hang out with them Then you're looking for Christian people to hang out with. Then, uh, you know, at the time, there was someone who would call us home after every Sunday service for lunch. And, uh, you know, we would have lunch. Sometimes you put money and then you have lunch. But so many people... You feel like there's a big community around you. And I thought that is helping me. And that is one of the biggest understandings that I had. That, you know, there are communities in the world. There are clubs in the world. There are people who hang out together. And there are Christians who hang out together. There's no much difference. Because Christians are, uh, you know, like-minded Christians hanging out together. In the world are like-minded worldly people hanging out together. There's no much difference. But then I realized that what I really need in order to grow is meaningful fellowship. Right? Community is not helping. Meaningful fellowship. So I started developing um, uh, Christian friendships. I started developing uh, friendships where we are accountable to each other. Any fellowship that makes us more Christ-like. That is what we want. And it is very important. uh, As young people we need fellowship. What we need is not community. What we need is fellowship. Yes, community is good. You can hang out together once in a while. That's nice. You feel good. But what we need is fellowship. I just want to encourage the young people. Now look at godly people. Look at godly couples. If you like young people, look at young couples. And go spend time with them. You know, just go. You can learn so much from from those relationships. And uh, talk to them about their walk with God. And they will inspire you. You will inspire them. And you will see that you are becoming more Christ-like. And that is the real fellowship that the Bible talks about. The fellowship... That makes us more Christ-like. So that's what I want to encourage you to. Because everything is good, but not everything is beneficial. Now, also being faithful in small responsibilities. This is um, around 2005. Uh, At that time, that's when we started having announcements in the church. And uh, I was in charge of announcements. I think announcements were there, but I took charge of announcements. Uh, wherein you know the announcements were very different at the time. In our church, it would be like someone coming and uh, reading out what is happening. Right, the vision of all people's church is to be the salt and light. So I was in charge of announcements, and uh, uh, so I, I I started doing it the best way I can. Right, I would get new people, I would train them up, I would prepare them. I started I started dealing like that's like a major thing, right. And, uh, so I did the best that I could. So I started becoming faithful in small responsibilities in church. Uh, I did welcome for some time because somebody welcomed me when I came here and somebody was kind enough to note down my name and my number. That is why I'm in a church like this today. So I started welcoming, I started giving it back. I started welcoming people and, uh, some of the people I welcomed are still here in the church, which is a great thing. Uh, sometimes they remind me and, uh, uh, and then, um, you know, I also was able to start some prayer fellowships at workplace. And, uh, you know, I, I was at Oracle. We started a prayer fellowship. Every day we would pray. For six years, we had that. And even after I left, it continued. There was someone else from our church who was strongly partnering with me in that. And that really took off. And it blessed many people. Now, I did the same thing when I went to my next workplace. Uh, in, in ibm we were able to pray together and uh, that is daily prayers now such things such when i was started showing faithfulness in smaller responsibilities god opened up doors then i think uh, in the year 2006 mm-hmm. when pastor was pastor Ashish was talking about uh, having uh, i think um, having a youth uh, having a youth someone take take care of the young people at apc south you know, I felt led to do that, and, uh, and that was a confirmation, actually, that pastor also spoke to me about it, and uh, so I, was, I, I, I became a youth pastor at that time, and I started serving at APC South uh, for, as a youth pastor for, say, a couple of years, I think in the year 2009, that is when I got married uh, to Deepthi, and, um, and that, that is a year, unfortunately, our youth ministry shut down, uh, we, we stopped having a youth ministry in 2009. And uh, very disappointed. All of a sudden, you're no longer a youth pastor, right? And uh, it was very difficult. But then I started, I, I, I realized one thing, that uh, not being in a position does not change anything. It just what changes is there are no events anymore. But I can continue behaving like one, right? So uh, so I, I started taking care of young people, Deepthi and I. We would do that. Uh, we did it uh, just on our own, without any... Uh, a, any anything formal. And we continued doing that. And uh, then I fell ill around that time. The reason I'm sharing is to t- t- you know, tell, tell us that uh, to share with you one learning that uh, initially when I became a Christian I knew the devil is real. He is there. But my attitude to the devil was you mind your business. I mind my business. You know I don't want to do anything against you. I don't want you also to do anything against me. Now this is a lie. There are many Christians initially in the Christian walk, we are like that. But unfortunately, it's a lie because nothing good can come out of the devil. He doesn't allow anyone to just be on their own unless and until we guard ourselves, we protect ourselves, we close gates. He always looks for an opportunity to attack. And all of a sudden, I was under attack. I was, the doctors were unable to diagnose what is the sickness that I'm having? And, uh, uh, and I, w- I was in the hospital. In fact, I was in the ICU. And then they have to give me uh, aid. They need to give me help in order to breathe. They put the CPAP, uh, CPAP setting in the ventilator. And I was in the ICU. And now doctors were unable to diagnose what is the problem. And they only know that they f- finally discovered I have one of my organs called spleen. Uh, that had become very big, it's not functioning because of which I was having sepsis. Uh, now, they were not able to treat me, and I my condition deteriorated, and my wife, Deepthi, she's a doctor, and she recognized that things are going wrong. She recognized that it's not taking me anywhere. She might lose me, so she made a very bold decision to shift me from there to another hospital. I was in Fortis, then again I went to Manipal hospital. So, um, So, my wife made a decision. She took uh, she made a discharge against medical advice. At the time, they, uh, so it's very difficult to get a spot somewhere else, but somehow she was able to talk to her friends and all of it and was able to get me uh, a bed, so I was moved. And at the time, she was carrying, and uh, uh, she, she made that bold decision to sit with me because I needed help with oxygen. So she was sit with, sitting with me in the ambulance, and the ambulances in, in Bangalore. Even if there is patient inside or not inside, the ambulances go very fast. You know, they are keeping, they keep on beeping, they keep on making the noise, and they keep on going. And uh, in my case, I was under no, uh, no, it's not necessary, and it reached there really in 30 minutes. You know, you can go slow, but this guy was driving so fast through the city traffic, and uh, we reached there. So, uh, you know, so she's a strong woman. She was sitting there with, while she was pregnant. And uh, um, so we reached uh, Manipal, then I started recovering there, and I started... Uh, And they found out what it is. Then a couple of, I think for some more time I was very ill. But the Lord delivered me from that and I became fine. And that is when we got an opportunity to serve as uh, associate pastors at APC East. And we moved from APC South to APC East. Originally I'm from here, Central. Then I moved to APC South. Then I moved to APC East. Now, um, the reason, uh, and as I stand here, in front of you today. that I can really tell you that I had a plan for myself. God had a plan for myself. I'm sure the devil also had a plan for myself. And I was confused. I thought my plan for myself is the best plan. And I started moving in that until I gave my life to the Lord Jesus. When Jesus came into my life, he made everything new. He gave me a new heart. He gave me a new mind. He gave me new desires and he let go of some of the old things. And he gave me a new vision and a new hope and I started moving in it. And I'm sure the Lord is still at work in my life. And yet, uh, you know, he's still not accomplished all that he wants to through my life. But today I can tell you with some confidence and good confidence that I am walking in the plan the Lord has for me. My question today is, what is the legacy that you want to leave when you are done with your life here? My question to you is, what is it that you want to be known for when you are done with your life here on earth? My question to you is, are you walking in the destiny the Lord has for you? And This is a very important question because I would just want to take you back to, to, back to how I started this message this morning. The survey was done. Nine out of people answered that they lived their life according to somebody else's terms. They forgot to live their life for themselves or for the creator. The number one responsibility that we have as the children of God is to know our God and to worship him. To know him as our creator and to honor him. And most of you here, You've done that. That is why you are in church, because you know your God, you know your Creator, and you're worshiping Him. But my question to you is: Do you also know the plan that He has for you? The Bible is very clear. The plan He has for you is very specific, very clear. And I'm sure there's nine people who are in the deathbed. They knew clearly something that they were to, they were supposed to do that they couldn't do. That is why they were saying that I couldn't live my life. According to my terms. Because they knew something. And I'm sure we also know. Now some of you. You may be having this doubt. I really don't know Brian. I really have no clue what my destiny is. I'm a new believer. I have no clue what my destiny is. Then I want to encourage you. Can you go to the next slide. To pick up a copy of this book. Uh, That book is easily available. Fulfilling God's purposes. You know talks about seeds. Talks about dreams. Talks about promises given to you how we can recognize it, right? If you have no clue, but I'm sure most of you have some idea about what Lord wants you to do. What is it? What is the kind of life he wants you to have? Where is it that he he wants you to go? Who are the people that he thinks you should impact, right? And what are the projects that you should, you should, you should be a part of. What are the things that you should be doing? Where is it that you should be working or what kind of work you should be doing? So, The Lord definitely has a plan and he has already shared that information with you. You know why? Because the Bible very clearly says you and I have the mind of Christ because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if we have the mind of Christ, then Christ knows what what you should be doing. What is the perfect plan? Right? So I just want to encourage you to uh, go ahead and discover, rediscover. Ask yourself. Ask the Spirit of God. Spirit of God, I hear you are a teacher. You can teach all things. I hear you're a wonderful counselor. Will you counsel me? What is it that I should be doing? Or what is it that I should not be doing? And what is it, is it that I want to be known for? Or what is the legacy that I want to leave right here, even as I'm living here? So this morning, can I encourage you to start looking at your own life? Can you ask the Lord? Now, s- some of you, if you do not know the Lord who created you personally, I want to talk to you also. If you do not know the Lord who created you personally, today you heard that God has a plan for you. Right? But do you know know this God who created you? If you do not know this Lord who created you, that is the first step. Once you get to know him, he will start revealing to you his plans for you. Right? And we believe that um, once you give your life to Lord Jesus Christ, Once you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, he will start speaking to you. The Spirit of the Lord will come reside with you and he will start speaking to you and he will start leading you in the direction that you should be taking. Can I ask the worship team to come forward? Can we start preparing our hearts and minds? Can we ask ourselves this question? What is my destiny? What is it that you want to be known for? What is the legacy that you want to leave? Are you doing that already? Some of you are already doing that. If you're already doing that, my question to you is, can you enlarge your vision? Can you do it better? Can you think about how you can finish it very well? You're already walking in the destiny the Lord has for you. My question to you is, can you make sure you're finishing it well? Right? Some of you are thinking about it. Okay, I also have a destiny. Yes, I want to get into that. What is it? If you're asking that question, you know, you can you can make it a prayer right now. You can ask the Lord, Lord, can you can you speak to me? Can you lead and guide me? The thing is, the Lord has already spoken that to you. You know it already. Unfortunately, like I just said earlier, God has a plan for you. The enemy has a plan for you and you have a plan for yourself. But it's getting mixed up in any one of these and you're not sure where it is. But as we are standing in the presence of the Lord, as we're going to pray, you know, you can ask, Spirit of God, reveal that to me. And he'll speak to you in that still small voice, that voice that gives you peace, the voice that gives you hope, the voice that gives you a new direction. He will speak to you. I just want you to consider that and start pursuing him. And uh, can we all rise up? Can we prepare ourselves? Can we prepare our hearts and minds? And even as we stand in the presence of the Lord, I'm praying with you. The Lord will speak to you right now. And I want you to make some decisions even as you are here. Not wait for you to get home and think about it, but even as you are here, right here in this service, can you make some decisions? Lord, I know this is what you want me to do. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pray with you about that decision. And when you walk out of this place, you're going to walk out of this place as people with a purpose. People who are walking into destinies. Shall we worship the Lord?
1: For my heart. Before.
0: Some of you, you are in the city of Bangalore for a time like this. You're brought here for a purpose. Not just to be in the city and go back, but you're brought here for a purpose because the Lord wants to do a thing through you. He wants to bring out a work through your hands. And even as you pursue that, you will see. The Lord is blessing it. The Lord is providing for it. There's some of you here, you've been purposing in your heart because you want to do a business and you've been delaying it. This morning, I want to release this encouragement over you that even as you take a step in faith, to pursue the call the Lord has upon you, He will take a step with you. There are some of you here, you have started something, but you could not take it to the finish. I want to tell you that the Lord who has started the work in you, He will bring it into a beautiful completion. He is not the kind of God who leaves you halfway. And tells you now you worry about it his plans for you are good they are proper, they are beautiful and they are complete I want to speak to some of those here who started something and you did not see results you are doing something else today now if this is a God given dream for your life I release upon you a new encouragement that you will not give up you continue pursuing it and you will see the Lord is blessing that work I want to speak to people whose hearts are broken because you thought the Lord is with you in this some, someone else made a wrong decision someone else made some other decision but it just breaks your heart I want to tell you that Jesus is with you he's closer to you than you know and he's comforting you he's strengthening you when you walk he's walking with you I also want to speak to some people here that you are associated with some things and some people who are just not allowing you to move into your destiny, the call for your life. Can you hold yourself up today, today right now, and make a decision and ask Jesus to partner with you? Because He will strengthen you, He will protect you from the snares of the enemy even from people who are not allowing you to move forward. Because in Jesus Christ, you are a free person and you're free indeed. And I know I'm speaking to you today. Can I pray with you? And can I join you in this? And there are some of you here, you've not yet given your life your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ you know him as a God but not your God you know him as someone who is a good teacher who is a good prophet but not your God this morning let me tell you the purpose for which your creator created you is to know him personally and the Bible teaches us that The son of God, Jesus Christ is a perfect representation of God the father. He came. He died for you, for your sins. He shed his blood on the cross for your sins. And he did not remain there. On the third day he rose again and is living right now. And if you ask him, Jesus I know you are the son of God. Will you forgive me of my sins? I'm an imperfect person. I'm a person filled with guilt and shame. And I've done horrible things. But today I'm hearing that you are God. Will you be my God? Will you cleanse me? Will will you make me new? I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day and you're living right now. And I ask you that you forgive me my sins. I declare that you are the son of God. If you just say this prayer with me, you just join with me and say this prayer. We believe that you're becoming born again, that you're joining in the kingdom of God. And you will also receive what we just spoke of today purpose, a plan a destiny for your life can you call upon the name of Jesus and ask Jesus to be your lord and your savior your only god, your only master and your only savior can we all bow our heads Can we close our eyes and can we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for talking to me today and teaching us today that you created us with a purpose. That you have works for us to fulfill. You've given people to us for us to impact. You've asked us to touch lives. You've asked us to accomplish things which are according to your plans. Spirit of God we ask you that you speak to us clearly and thank you for speaking to us already we commit ourselves into your hands that even as we leave this place will you fill us with your purposes, with your works with your grace with your empowerment with your love, with your joy with a hope that the world cannot give so we go back to it and we relentlessly pursue it, Father. Till, till we see a breakthrough. Thank you, Lord, for calling this the year of resurrected dreams, Father. That we decide we're not going to keep our dreams buried. But we're going to pursue them. We're going to relentlessly pursue you, O oh Lord. Till we see our dreams come into pass. We commit ourselves into your hands. We ask you that you give us the strength, the grace, the wisdom, the power. And Jesus, if you be for us, what can stand against us, O Lord? Who can stand against us, Father? We just put our trust in you. And we know even as we take a step that you will take a step with us, Father. We commit all our pursuits, all the things that we do into your hands. We ask you, Lord, the work that you have started, that you bring it into beautiful completion. We want to thank you for calling us victors, Father God. We want to thank you for calling us the heads, Father. Thank you for giving us all the help and all the wisdom that we need, Father. Holy Spirit, we just depend on you because you are the author and finisher of everything that you have started. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all today and forever. Thank you for being here.